are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at, at Combank and today I'm joined by our Chief Economist Stephen Halmerick. Stephen, nice to have you on. Thanks Belinda, very good to be back with you again. Now you've just put out a big report combining both our global economic view with our Australian economic view our, and released a report called Vantage Point. Now we're in three months of the year, have already been done, we're well into the fourth month as well and Really, the 2023 is evolving largely as we had expected. Central banks did continue to lift interest rates uh, over recent months. Uh, the global economic outlook probably looks a little bit different. So China's reopened a little bit earlier. We still expect a global economic slowdown. But I think one thing that was not unexpected, but we knew there were going to be problems from that fast lifting interest rates has been the global banking system issues. Now, in terms of the global economic outlook, what are we expecting? Well, thanks, Belinda. Yes, yeah, so the vantage point notes a bit of a larger read, mm. and it really combines together work of um, lots of team members across the team, putting it into, if you like, you know, one narrative, what's happening in the global economy and what it means for us here in Australia. So for global economic growth, we've actually recently revised up our global growth forecast for this year, so calendar 23 to 2.4%. We're still expecting uh, recessions or near recessions in the US, the UK, Japan and Canada. Mm. Uh, But Europe looks a little bit better than we previously expected and we're expecting um, a better outcome in China as Mm. they reopen. Although it must be said that the the amount of stimulus uh, and the growth target in China is a little bit softer than we expected. But but the global economy will be weaker this year than it was last year. Uh, 2.4% growth uh, is a is slowdown from last year. And that's really by design. You know, the big increase in interest rates we've seen across most of the developed world uh, in an attempt to get on top of the inflation problem is going to slow economic growth. Now... Central banks have continued to lift interest rates, although that's been complicated from some issues that we saw in some smaller regional banks in the US, but the Fed has kept hiking. Yes, that's right. So the, the Fed has, um, the US Fed has made it clear that they, they want to uh, differentiate between their efforts to control inflation and their efforts to you know, stabilise the banking system. So uh, we think they acted quite aggressively and uh, quite effectively in, in containing the problems in the US banking system. It still is going to tighten credit, uh, which could help slow the economy, uh, but the risk of contagion seems to have uh, been reduced. And uh, in amongst that, we actually had quite a few central banks continue to raise interest rates. So the US, uh, Europe, the UK, um, uh, New Zealand, uh, all increased interest rates in in recent months. Of course, the uh, sorry, recent weeks, the standout was Australia not. Um, but we think the US Federal Reserve is near the end of its rate hike cycle. We think there's maybe one more to go in early May, another 25 basis points. That would take the top end of their interest rate target range to five and a quarter. And then we think they'll be on hold for the remainder of this year and begin to cut interest rates in early 2024. Certainly when we look at uh, the inflation outlook as well, the central banks 
you know, do continue to monitor inflation quite closely, particularly uh, here in Australia, but also abroad as well. But they're also looking at those uh, financial market stresses or the, the banking issues that have come up over the past uh, month and a half. There's a lot of contrast and a lot of the questions we've been getting asked recently is how does the Australian banking system compare to the US banking system? The RBA just released their financial stability review uh, just last week. They continue to think the Australian financial system is very strong. Yes, that's right. They, well, the, the phrase that gets used often is unquestionably strong uh, for the Australian banking system. Uh, the, the regulation is 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 tougher or, yeah. or harder here. Um, capital adequacy requirements uh, are, are higher. And if you think about the US banking system, there's over 4,000 regional mm. banks that provide the majority of banking services in the US, you know, the home loan lending and the... Um, credit cards yeah. and the uh, other lending. Whereas in Australia, uh, the, the banking system is much more concentrated, as we all know. Uh, so it's a very different environment in the US banking system to here in Australia. And the financial stability review from the Reserve Bank that you referred to did say that, you know, they're watching the global pressures, but the, the Australian banking system, they're very confident, remains in very good shape. Now, one of the other interesting things over the past I guess the three-year pandemic period was the importance of global supply chains. So that initially with that very strong lift in demand uh, for goods that we saw in the early stages of the pandemic led to that large lift in inflation, particularly when combined with the war in the Ukraine, led to that lift in commodity prices. Uh, now, our mining and energy strategist for Vectar has recently updated uh, the commodity price outlook as well, but that's an important part of, of the global economic outlook as well. Yes, that's right, and this will really help with um, reducing global yeah. inflation pressures. So there's a couple of um, measures worth looking at. One is uh, created by the New York Federal Reserve called the Global Supply Chain Pressure Index, and that actually shows that global supply chains are, are, are back you know, working mm. uh, as they were pre-COVID, so before COVID, before the war in Ukraine. And also the cost of uh, shipping, shipping container costs yeah, around the world mm. have fallen uh, almost back to where it was pre-COVID. So uh, those two uh, factors will help lower inflation pressure around the world, including here in mm. Australia. One of the, the issues that we'll talk about later is whether or not the inflation outlook continues to be influenced by wages, but we might touch on that in the Australian segment. Before we do get to Australia, one other key part of our team's research focus is now sustainable economics. Uh, we have a new analyst on board, uh, John O, who's been focusing uh, on this segment in particular, but for the transition uh, in the Australian and global economy, looking at sustainable economics, looking at sustainable finance is going to be incredibly important. Yes, that's right. I, you know, one of the things that um, we've changed a lot in our research team over the last few years is this focus on sustainable economics, you know, really critical to help Australia transition to the net zero carbon by 2050 target. Um, we, can, we can see the amount of money moving mm. to the ESG space is increasing quite uh, significantly, which is really important. And so definitely in our team, we're going to continue to focus on sustainable economics, so things like the carbon market, biodiversity, uh, you know, policy mm. implementation, and really ensuring that you know, uh, capital uh, flows to where it needs to flow to help Australia make this transition. 
Now, in another uh, switch of pace, we're going to move to the Australian economic outlook. And uh, I was going to start with the economic outlook for Australia, but it's hard to talk about the economic outlook without, I think, talking about monetary policy. So we might actually start with monetary policy and then and talk about how that's going to impact the economic outlook from here. So at its April board meeting, the RBA paused in its interest rate hiking cycle as we, and really most of the market, uh, had expected. So they paused after 10 consecutive interest rate hikes. So the cash rate's now at 3.6%. Uh, we do think they'll lift again in May, although that will largely be dependent on the data from here. But just in broad terms, the monetary policy outlook is going to be incredibly important for the economic outlook. Yes, that's right. I mean, the Australian economics team, you know, Gareth Ed, yourself, Belinda, and Thanks. Steve Vu and Harry Otley have done a great job in, in keeping on top of what the Reserve Bank is doing. And as we had expected, they held rates yeah. steady in April. Uh, so, you know, after con 10 consecutive yeah. rate rises, it's um, no surprise, I, I think, that the RBA had decided that they wanted to pause to assess the impact of the rate hikes. Uh, there's big lags involved, as I know you've talked mm. a lot about uh, with Gareth on the podcast before. Mm. So it really won't be till early in the second half of the year before all the rate hikes are actually being paid by people's mortgages. And um, so the RBA is, is pausing. Uh, but we do expect the, Australian, the pace of growth in the Australian economy to slow pretty s significantly this year. Yeah. Uh, we have the, the forecast from the Aussie economics team uh, is 1.5% GDP growth for this year. That's down from 3.7% last year. So quite a meaningful slowdown. The way I think about it is about a third of Australians have a mortgage, so their interest costs on their servicing their mortgage has gone up significantly. Yep. About a third of Australians rent. And it's well known that rental costs are rising uh, quite sharply. So you've got two-thirds of Australian households facing significant increase in their housing costs, and not to mention higher inflation on, on top of that. And so uh, that means just less money to spend on everything else. So we think consumer spending will be quite a lot softer this year. And we have started to see some evidence of that, and we do expect that to continue. As you said, there's still a lot of impact of higher interest rates to come, particularly those on fixed rate mortgages. So a lot of talk about the large roll off of fixed rate home loans this year, over 800,000 uh, households will have their fixed rate mortgage roll off from around 2% to, to well above five, if not closer to 6%. So the impact on the consumer is only going to lift from here. So as a result of that slower economic growth, uh, we do have the unemployment rate lifting from here. Uh, so the unemployment rate uh, we have at the end of this year around four and a quarter percent from around three and a half percent now. But importantly, I think one of the reasons why the Reserve Bank has been able to pause the interest rate cycle lower than what we've seen offshore is we haven't seen that inflation wages spiral like we have offshore as well. So wages growth is accelerating. We do expect it con to continue, but there's now more and more evidence that inflation has peaked. Yes, that's right. So the most recent wages growth reading was 3.3% yep. annual rate. That's actually the fastest wages growth since 2012. Yeah. Um, but it's um, well below the rate of inflation, well below wages growth in yes. other countries like the US and New Zealand. So uh, as you said, that's one reason why the RBA is able to pause a cash rate at 3.6, where in the US and New Zealand, their cash rates are above 5. Now we're going to shift pace to the fiscal policy outlook as well. And uh, it's only around three three weeks now till the budget. 
That's coming up quickly, Stephen. Yep. So uh, when we look at the monthly data, the budget bottom line has improved uh, much more compared to expectations from just past October. But looking ahead as to what we can expect uh, in the budget this year, are you looking for anything in particular? Uh, yes, yeah, so the budget's the 9th of May, so coming up fast. Um, and the, the FY23 budget deficit, which originally was expected to be about uh, just under $40 billion, yeah. looks like it'll come in about half that, maybe closer to $20 billion. So quite a significant improvement, uh, both from the revenue and the spending mm. side. So for FY24, we'll be actually looking for a bit more of the same. So the government, uh, if there is, a, is more revenue coming in, because the labour market's been strong, company profitability's been solid, then they need to, if you like, bank that yep. revenue. Reduce the budget deficit. Uh, so fiscal policy needs to tighten um, to help monetary policy, which of course has been tightening, to get on top of this inflation problem. So um, I'll be looking for more of that in the budget on the 9th of May. Can't wait. Uh, if we just think about uh, 2023 to come, it's, it's going to be challenging. I think what we've seen just with the material lift in the interest rates, continued cost of living pressures. Is there a final issue or thought that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, as we said, the pace of growth will be a lot slower mm -hmm. this year compared to the last couple of years. Uh, but compared to most of the major economies around the world, Australia still looks in very good shape. So we're not forecasting a recession here. We're forecasting growth. We're forecasting the interest rates to peak at a much lower level than other economies. And even though we do have the unemployment rate going up, um, it's still going to be very low on a historical basis and lower than it was pre-COVID. Uh, there's some good sources of growth in the Australian economy, particularly things like the export sector and uh, the business investments being relatively solid. So uh, yes, a slower economy. Uh, but by the end of the year, we think inflation will be, uh, well, early next year, inflation will be back into the target range and the Reserve Bank can start easing monetary policy, cutting interest rates before the end of this year, and that'll help set up for a, a good 2024. Stephen, it's great to get your insights and just to bring together all the views of the team. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks. Now, you can read Stephen Halmerich's latest Vantage Point report, 2023 Key Themes and Outlook, which was published on the 12th of April 2023 on combankresearch.com.au.